marketing that supports fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleagues, Marnie Maxwell and Asia Pirtle. Marnie is a veteran marketer and fundraiser in the philanthropic sector. She's been on staff of leading nonprofit organizations and now leads her own consulting firm that advises nonprofits on their marketing and their fundraising and how the two work together. Asia May Pirtle is the managing director of marketing and communications for the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. They both have opportunities to teach for the fundraising school including on today's podcast. And Marnie, great to have you back with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Good to be here. And Asia, great to see you again as well. Good to be here as well. And Marnie and Asia have co-authored Chapter 16 of the fifth edition of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, Marketing for Strategic Fundraising. And Marnie, how important is it for marketing and fundraising to work together for the nonprofit organization's success? It's absolutely essential, Bill. Um, a lot of organizations recognize that and put those two positions or those two departments together with the same reporting lines. But even if they're not structurally uh, designed that way, if, if you're going to be successful at fundraising, you have to have a good partnership with the marketing uh, team at your organization. And, and talking and developing that relationship before you need to have it in place, before you're trying to launch a campaign or to uh, take on some kind of new project is really critical. Really seeing each other as partners and developing that relationship early is important. Marnie, can you say a little bit more about the timing? Uh, and again, we're assuming here that it's two different people, obviously, not, not just one person. Uh, with uh, you know both marketing and fundraising responsibilities, you know mm -hmm. what is the timing for that fundraiser uh, to get engaged with the marketing team as the fundraising plan is being put together? So as the fundraising plan is being put together, um, you know the the in in the textbook elsewhere in the textbook you find sort of the fundraising cycle and know that the fundraising plan and the marketing plan, the communications plans are developed. Um, in close proximity to each other. Um, what, what organizations have to do is not see that as a sequential uh, process that, you know, first comes the development plan and then comes the marketing plan. It's much better if, if the departments or the individuals or the thought process is integrated from the start. And really the, uh, those, those two plans be developed concurrently uh, rather than sequentially. So Asia, as Marnie just said so well, it's important for the marketing and fundraising teams to develop relationships, keep lines of communication open, the sooner the better. And I know the chapter also emphasizes the importance of sharing data, data that can help fundraisers build relationships and data that can help the marketing team with market research. What do fundraisers need to know in that regard? Yeah, so there's just an extraordinary wealth of opportunity for both the marketing and development department when it comes to data. You know, uh, we are both departments that are hungry for data. We are interested in learning more about constituencies and audiences. Uh, development folks are definitely interested in their donor database, uh, but they also should pay attention to what's available from the marketing team as well. You know, our social media channels, our website analytics, those are all things that can tell us about who is accessing the organization, who's interested in us, and vice versa. The donor database contains a wealth of information for the marketing department as they're helping to expand the reach of the organization. And what about those donors who want to remain anonymous or are trying to be confidential? 
about donor information. Just exactly what type of information should fundraisers be sharing with the marketing department out of the donor database? Sure, it can be very um, aggregated information. It can be information about geography. It can be age information, gender, ethnicity. Um, all of these things are super helpful when any marketing department is trying, trying to put together a strategy. Um, the more information that is there, the better. Yeah, who is our typical donor? And that helps the, the marketing folks know where do those folks typically go for their information and developing their marketing strategies accordingly. Uh, you know, Marnie, your own fundraising expertise spans from getting new donors in the door to working with longtime donors on a planned gift and an estate gift and all the points in between. Where does marketing have its greatest strength? in terms of helping the organization fundraise? Sure. I think that, you know, as we think about annual fund and building awareness for any kind of, of uh, fundraising initiative, but particularly annual fund, uh, some of the channels, the multi-channels deliveries that um, the, the marketing uh, team uses really help broaden the reach and and introduce the organization in some cases to those first time gift opportunities. So that's where marketing really uh, shines, I think, as we think about broadening the reach of the organization. And I mentioned that even for uh, even for a planned gift donor, as you're saying, just keeping the awareness of the organization and its work out in front um, helps. If, if People don't give money if they've never heard of an organization. They don't know anything about its, its work. So even in the broadcasting kind of, of information delivery that marketing can help with, um, just keeping awareness uh, high is, is important. I think the, the development people really excel at um, that relation that one-on-one -on -one relationship building. So with that potential plan giving donor or with that potential major gift donor, but again, that it, it, a gift is not going to be built just on that relationship. It's going to be the totality of what the, what the donor knows about the organization and certainly the marketing channels that are used help educate those donors about what's going on. I know one of the courses you teach, Marnie, for the fundraising school is the capital campaigns course. And how does marketing uh, promote a, an effective capital campaign? You know, you just talked about, you know, creating broad community awareness. Uh, it's kind of a paradox, right, that during the so-called silent phase, we might actually be increasing our marketing about the nonprofit organization, right? Exactly. Yeah, with capital campaigns, that silent phase can go on for a while, and it really gives that um, the donors that are going to be approached later in the campaign, a longer runway, if you will, to be learning about, uh, about what the campaign is for. So the, you, don't, you don't launch a marketing initiative five minutes before you ask for a gift. It, you really use that runway to be educating the broader community about uh, where the organization's headed. It's, so it's not just the, the major gift donors that you're engaging at that point, but everybody else too. And Asia, where are we today in terms of that marketing out in the public? You know, back in the day, it was a billboard, it was a radio ad, it was a newspaper ad. What does multi-channel look like today for effective marketing for a nonprofit organization overall, especially in ways that support fundraising? 
you know, it's, um, it's an exciting time. It's also a challenging time because there's just so many different channels for an organization to choose from. Um, and so that's where it really is important to know where your audiences are, because that's where you want to meet them. Um, I think we've all experienced um, the new wealth of advertising opportunities. If you go to Facebook and you're served an ad and it's something that maybe you searched for an hour prior on Amazon, um, it really is an opportunity to target audiences in new ways. But I also think it's um it's not just about selling, right? We're not selling widgets. Um, we're selling um, a difference in the world. And so that is an important thing and a distinction for every organization to make, to make sure that the channels that you're choosing are meaningful to your audiences and that it's something that really connects with them in a way that tells your story. And Asia, telling the story, storytelling is such a big piece of marketing, such a big piece of fundraising. What guidance do you have for fundraisers and marketers working together in terms of storytelling on behalf of the nonprofit? You know, I think this is a great opportunity for the two departments to really work in concert. Um, often both of them are unearthing new stories about the organization almost on a daily basis. And it, sometimes it can become so much part of our job that we forget to call it out as novel or remarkable. And so it's our job, both within marketing and development, to continually share those stories. Um, obviously, those are things that are impactful to um, individual donors, but also the ones that can be spread to a larger audience um, and to a larger community. That's something that in the marketing department, we are always looking for something that really exemplifies the organization at its heart um, and really tells the story in a way that is much better than, you know, any flat um, photography can do. We want something that really connects with people and shows the heart of an organization. Stories about participants, stories about, you know, changes in knowledge, changes in behavior, changes in condition, changes in our community, the types of impacts that our nonprofit is having. We need to be very intentional. We need to have that be part of people's jobs to gather those stories uh, to be able to help our marketing department promote the nonprofit. And Marnie, uh, with all you wear both hats simultaneously so well, the marketing and the fundraising, uh, you know, how many times have those key stories helped you with a donor? Absolutely. I mean, this is this is the case for support, right? The case for support is not dry statistics on a paper. It's really looking at what are the stories of impact. And honestly, the big gifts to a capital campaign, to a planned gift, an estate gift, uh, those kinds of gifts um, only come when the impact is very obvious to people. And storytelling is the best way to, to really make that case. Uh, yes, you do. For some people, they are going to be looking for the facts and figures uh, rather than the stories that make them cry. But um, you've got you've got to have all of that in the case for support. And um, to the point you made about it's it's not just putting it on paper and words on paper, but really uh, doing it with video. I mean, this is this is like the biggest innovation in the last couple of decades that we can actually show our stories. Uh, without spending a bazillion dollars to do that. It used to be you would have to hire a camera crew to do it. Well, you can do it yourself with your phone right now um, to really put pretty inexpensively package some uh, pretty compelling stories. Marnie Maxwell runs her own consulting firm, helping nonprofits with their fundraising and their marketing, and a veteran faculty member of the fundraising school, Asia May Pirtle, is the managing 
Director of Marketing and Communications for the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. They have co-authored Chapter 16 in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, that chapter title, Marketing for Strategic Fundraising. And this is the type of content, in fact, throughout this book, that content is being poured into the courses and curriculum of the fundraising school. Our public courses, which are available in person in more and more U.S. cities, as well as online, both recorded and live, asynchronous and synchronous. And those courses are available online in the United States and anywhere around the world. We also can custom tailor training just for you. It can be for your nonprofit, your region, your association, again, anywhere in the United States or internationally. We have quarterly webinars and, of course, these free podcasts. All the information about the Fundraising School and the book, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, 5th Edition, all that is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.